Everybody, this is the House of Dark, and welcome to a new episode of Chive Talk. We're talking about a bunch of stuff. Well, at least three specific things, and uh, it should be should be good. Should be great. Everyone be excited. Um, big shout outs to Ewan McGregor because I read, I think it's confirmed by Disney that he's coming back to play Obi-Wan Kenobi. Whether that's going to be his own solo film or he's part of a miniseries or his own miniseries, I'm not sure. They said it's unspecified, but Ewan McGregor has made it very clear he wanted to come back and play the character. So the fact that they're confirming that he's coming back to play Obi-Wan again is very exciting. I wonder if he's going to show up in Mandalore or the Mandalorian show because, you know, it'd be kind of cool to see. I don't know. We don't know to what capacity he's coming back to play Obi-Wan Kenobi. So it should be. But it's exciting that we're finally getting him to come back. I think it's really good. It's really good to see or know that it's be- it's becoming a thing. Uh, so shout-outs to them. Uh, shout-outs to uh, James Gunn. Apparently his script when it comes to Suicide Squad is fantastical. And, and they're saying it's really, really, really good. Uh, and so it's you know that's that's great you know I, I but I knew that because it's James Gunn so I knew it was probably gonna be a really good movie and it's probably gonna have a really good script. There's a rumor that King Shark is going to be in the movie, along and they already confirmed that Harley's back. I forget if they confirm who Idris Elba is playing. Will Smith is not gonna be back to play Deadshot, so I can't remember if Idris Elba is actually being Deadshot or he's gonna play Bronze Tiger. I can't know. I don't know what they confirmed that. I can't remember. Anyways. Um, so no, that's not surprising to me that the script for the new Suicide Squad is actually turning out to be really, really good because it's James Gunn. Their brother knows how to write gold, <laughs> you know. Uh, shout outs to Dark Phoenix being the lowest grossing uh, X Men film to date. I mean, to be fair, it's not. I'm not surprised. It it did get it did it did get bad press from people from before the movie even came out. People were already assuming this movie was going to be trash before the movie came out. First of all, there's no way you could be worse. I'm just going to be real. There's no way that Dark Phoenix was going to be worse than Last Stand. There's no way. You can't go you can't go worse than that. So, uh I like I said, I had my review with the Red Red Bread Lady about Dark Phoenix and so we're going to stick with that and I'm I'm like I said, I'm not like Surprise! It was low grossing. I wasn't expecting them to be like breaking box office numbers because it is Dark Phoenix, and, and there was there was a, there was a lot of prejudice against the film to begin with. So I'm not that surprised. So I'm just just be clear. It's don't doesn't hurt my feelings if, if you guys are wondering how I'm feeling about it. Oh, you know, I'm like eh. you know, it is what it is. I'm not that surprised. Uh, for those who are big fans of Krypton, guess what? It's, it's done. It's over. It's over. Apparently, after the two seasons is being uh, um, canceled, and apparently we were supposed we were supposed to get a Lobo show. I didn't know, but apparently that's not happening either. So all you DC guys are taking some hard hits as of, as of recently. So we'll see how that goes. If you guys are happy about it, let me know. If you're not happy about it, also let me know. So that should be interesting. Um, what else do I did I read recently? Uh, that I was like, ooh. I'm trying to look it up, see if I found it. So, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna show me, you guys show me a number of hands. Who cares about, uh, the Joker film? Just, 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 I'm just asking, I'm asking because I was, I was having a discussion with my buddy Ian. Um, let's see, it was been, it was, it was been a few weeks, it's been a few weeks. And he's just like, 
Dave, he's a hey Dave, you excited for a Joker? Nope. He's a come on. I'm like, I just, just, I'm not. I think Joker is a fantastic character, and I think he play, he's a perfect villain for the Batman's Rogues Gallery, and I loved him in Dark Knight, and I think, and I, I have my, and I like him and stuff. I just have him in a solo film by himself. I don't care. And I, and just based on the trailers and everything I've seen for him, like, it's not interesting to me. I have a thing. I have a thing by about, like, psychological thrillers or, like, you know, psychological horrors. It has to, it has to hit me right. You know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be burning through some mental energy, mental and emotional energy, like and something that that deep that's supposed to go deep like that, I, I you got to catch me. And Joker doesn't catch me, so I'm just you know, if it does well, great, it does well. I don't care. I you know, if you guys like it, you guys like it. Hey, you know, congratulations. I'll shake your hand. I'll buy you some sodas. But I I just personally don't care. So it's just we'll see. We'll see. Shout out to Spider-Man Far From Home. Become one of the highest grossing Sony slash Marvel Disney films to date. But we knew that. <laughs> it's it, Of course, Spider-Man was going to be the best film that Sony has done in the last few years. I mean, Venom was a success, but Spider-Man was, was going was to give him the gold. And we knew that. We knew that. And let's just be real. We knew that. So the fact that Far From Home did really well. And like I said, Far From Home is a fantastic film. So it doesn't surprise me. That it's a high, one of the highest grossing Spider-Man films, not, not, not only to date, but also the highest grossing film that Sony has right now. Because their name's still on it, because technically Sony and Marvel made a deal, or Disney made a deal, and are pretty much sharing Spider-Man. So no, Sony, Sony's success is in there too. So you, you gotta give them a little bit of credit for it, even, even though, you know, it's a Marvel film. You gotta give them some credit. It's in the MCU. But, uh, anyways, uh, what other thing did I hear? Are we okay? Um, New Mutants. It's coming out in October, I believe it's October, and apparently it's getting a lot of thumbs downs already, especially by Disney. Which, to be fair, I'm not surprised either because it's it's kind of being like it's kind of like their horror cycle. Once again, we're doing that psychological horror film with the with the with the Magic Cannonball, Wolfsbane. I forget. I think Sunspots in it. I forget a couple of other things, and I forget the villain. The villain's canonical. The villain's an actual real X-Men or comic book villain, but I forget the whole jam, and they're supposed to be all in an asylum, blah, 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 so we'll see. It might end up being good. It might not. The fact that they're releasing in October is not surprising, blah, 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 so we'll see, uh, but the fact that Disney's kind of like, eh, about it, I'm not surprised because, to be fair, Fox has not represented the X-Men the best. They've done... They've done they, they haven't failed, but they haven't done it the best, the best they could be. So that's not a big surprise either. So if you guys are all ready to go for, if you guys have, if you guys are looking forward to that movie, which I'm, I'm kind of am and kind of not, I'm on a 50 50 right now with that film. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, I think that's the big news right now for a lot of stuff. We'll see, we'll see what else we got going on in the future and we will talk about it then. So once again, shout outs to, oh, I did read somewhere that potentially uh, Jennifer Walters, aka She-Hulk, could potentially be. Now, there's there's been a couple of rumors being thrown around for this character that she might get her own Disney Plus show, for being a lawyer and and a hero. The, you know, I'd be all about that. But I also read somewhere that you know, if for those who've watched Spider-Man: Far From Home and saw the mid-credit scene, you know what the you know what's going going to be going on in the next film. 
and that apparently she's going to be showing up to, to, uh, to be the attorney for for Spider-Man in that film. Which, if that's true, I am for it. Let's go. If it's true. Uh, we don't know yet because they haven't started doing anything for the third film yet. They got... they. They have several films ahead before we get Spider-Man 3. I think Spider-Man 3 probably won't even be until like a 2021 thing, maybe 2022. So we'll see about that. But if that is true, I'll take it. I'm serious. I'll take it. That's any excuse to get the girl on the big screen. I will. I'll take it. I'll take it. Let's go. All right. So let's move on to some some big deals. So I'm I, OK. To be fair, if I if I just finished, I just finished some stuff. Um, I just finished two. I uh, finished season two of Shira, uh, and and I've and a couple. I've finished another season of a show we'll talk about in a little bit, and a movie that just came out. So if you guys have already finished Shira, I'm I know I'm probably late. Look, I had a stuff. There's been stuff going on in my life. Okay, y'all gonna have to go under my t- my my schedule. See in your face. But <laughs> so uh, I think like like a few days ago, I finished season two of Shira. And, um, I like to, <laughs> I literally, I think like what, three episodes in, I call it uh, season two of she the validation season. And it, it like, everybody needs to be validated in the season from Glimmer to Bo to even like Scorpia and Catra. I swear to God, everybody needed to be val- validated. Now, to be fair, it's kind of, the show's kind of about that. You know what I mean? It's about these emotions, about, about these characters and their doubts. And, and uh, like, they all have doubts. They all have doubts. All the characters have doubts about and like being alliance with the other princesses. There's prejudices. There's there's doubts in one's own abilities. You know, in their in their relationship with each other. Uh, Glimmer and Angela, her his, her mother. You know, Glimmer's mother. They have their own issues. Uh, Bo and his parents have issues. You know, they're a little bit. But you know, you have uh, you know Adora is dealing with her like you know her doubts about herself being Shira. There's, there's like especially like in the beginning of season two. She's trying to become as strong as, as she can as Shira, and she's just like having issues. It's not it's not working out because she can't get the sword to do what she wants. <laughs> For those who don't know her, the sword, uh, Shira's sword is different from Hemas. Her sword can turn into different things. So like like if you ever paid attention, it can turn into like a shield. Uh, it can turn into whatever she wants, literally whatever she wants. And but she doesn't have a hundred percent control of it yet, and so that's part of it. So of the show too is her getting control, having be able to be strong, not only to be stronger but have control of her powers. But all that all falls into her confidence and this and this and that. Um, I think I think the season ended fantastic. There's a little bit of eh, towards the middle of it, but I literally like every character in the show has like a like a level of self doubt. But they did that. That was like that in the first season, you know. I, I wish the characters grew just a little bit more and stop and, and have and stop doubting every thirty seconds. That's the show. Literally, is a, that's why I call it the validation show because they all have their little doubts and they need to be validated by their own friends or by their actions or you know things like that. And I'm just like, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. And it's just I'm like, can we? I am maybe it's just my selfish brain going. Can we get onto like the the actual fight and stuff like that? And I just and even like in Trapta. Who for you know I don't know if any of you guys watch she's like the tech like nerd of the of the princesses she's kind of like an outsider type because of her personality her personality is very uh, lack of a better term Sheldon in Big Bang Theory but but she's still I say she has more little more emotion about her she's not like a robot and because even like with her she was like she was convinced that she was abandoned 
by her friends and it kind of hurt her feelings and stuff like that and that's why she she's in the situation she's in in season two so you kind of get it so everyone's got kind of has their thing about stuff even like Catra's big issue is that everybody is that Adora's the golden child in the, in the horde everyone always everyone's always referencing Adora and she's fighting so hard to be accepted by the people around her literally everybody's trying to be accepted even like Scorpio wants to be accepted by Catra. Catra wants to be accepted by Shadow Weaver and 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 Hordak as 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 with her skills and her abilities. Odora's trying to be trying to be accepted as, as you know, trying to accept herself as when it comes to being Shira and trying to be a strong Shira. Bo is trying to be accepted for the fact that he's he's you know right he wants to be a warrior rather than a studious like researcher or something. Even though he's kind of like the tech guy, Glimmer's Glimmer has. Her and her mother are still, it's their thing. I mean, even in Trapta, it's kind of like part of the reason why she's stuck around, with, you know, with in the situation she's in is because someone's paying attention to her and, and, and is encouraging her passion, which is about the first one tech, tech and her research and stuff like that. Granted, they're using her, but in her brain, that's friendship. You know what I mean? So they all have this thing. You know what I mean? They're all dealing with and and it's 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 what it is in the show and and it's just and it's part of like when you look at it that's like the core of shira is this this validation this need to be loved and accepted and 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 wanting to be wanting to have a relationship with whoever you know it doesn't matter if it's negative or positive there's still a relationship because Scorpio, uh, big shout out to Scorpio. All she ever wants to do is be friends with Catra. She really does. And Catra kind of like, through most of like season two, treats her like crap. And, and, uh, part of season one. And, 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 and Scorpio just so is like, blows it off, you know, like duck, you know, water off her back kind of situation because she, part of it is because Cat, you know, Scorpio knows that Catra's not a horrible person. She's just, Catra's hurting. And, and she, and part of the reason why she has a hard time being friends with Scorpio, because the last person she got close with was Adora, and she feels like she's been abandoned by Adora. And then when she looked to Shadow Weaver to, to have that, that motherly connection, Shadow Weaver could care less about her and cared more about Adora. So you see, there's, there's a lot of hurt feelings. And so when Scorpio's like trying to be buddy buddy, she doesn't like it. But you, you, you see the growth, there's some growth in there eventually. She still fights it, but the, it's there. You know, you and you see it. It's about and, and and in this show, it is about trying to have that connection, trying to have the relationship with the people around you. And sometimes it's other, it's people's either hurt feelings or past situations or their own self doubt that affects their relationship with each other. It it's literally. Uh, <laughs> I make a ref. I want to reference. I my my oldest has a show she likes to watch. It's called Heartland, and that show is literally feelings and horses, horses and feelings. That's what I call it. She hates when I say it like that, but it, it is literally about a horse ranch and all these people and their drama and then their life uh, taking care of these horses. I'm dead serious. And for those who like, who've seen Harlan, y'all know what I'm talking about. But I feel like it's the same thing with, with, uh, She-Ra. She was about the war feelings, feelings in the war. You know what I mean? It, it's all, they, at the, the core, you know, on the surface, it's about the war between the resistance and the horde. But at the, at the end of the day, is about their feelings, about them wanting to have connection. Even Hordak, to a certain degree, feels by himself. And, and you and you get this big reveal about his character towards the end. You're like, oh crap, you know. And so, 
it, uh, you know, even Hordak has a slight moment, even though he's supposed to be like the bad guy. There's a slight moment. Same thing with Shadow Weaver. There's a moment, and so you you get that in the in the show. And I, you know, like I said, as as emotional and as as deep as I can be about stuff. Voltron did the same thing. Sure, Voltron was about the you know the rebellion or the resistance or like the coalition of of the Voltron force fighting the Gara and Zarkon. But at the end of the day. There's all kind of feelings and emotions about stuff happening and things like that. You know, why Keith was as angry as he was. What was going on with Shiro? Even, even like, Lotor. Lotor's, like, relationship with his father. And then the whole thing with, with, uh, with Hagar. I mean, there's, there's so much. Granted, it's being, it's, the show's being done by DreamWorks who did Voltron. So the fact there's that deep stuff that's, like, under the surface of what the story is about, but you go deeper into there's more about it, doesn't surprise me because it's DreamWorks. They, they're doing the same thing. So you kind of see it, and, and it makes sense that it's in there. And, and it, and it kind of gives it more substance, but at the same time, I feel like this show needs a little more of the Voltron action than, that it doesn't have, because this show doesn't have a lot of it. It, it does, but it doesn't. You know what I mean? It, it's, a, it's, it's, this show's more focused on like I said, the validation and the emotions and the relationships and the connections, which is fine, because you need that in order to make a show. You can't just have, you know, we're fighting uh, the horde, blah, blah, blah. Catra and she are thrown down again. And especially, like, whenever you have Catra and Adora in the same room together, I Adora literally, not Adora, Catra is so angry and so mean about stuff. She literally tears... She attacks Adora on a level that has not that you can't do physically, and so that's why there's a lot of these like self doubts and esteem issues and stuff like that you can see in the show, because sometimes that's that's the one thing that gets attacked the most is the the the, the person of the heart, and so that's why a lot of that they have to work you know their their relationship with people around them helps them and even their relationship with themselves because part of the Adora's issues is, is believing in herself. And so it gets to a point where she starts to realize, you know, no, I'm, it's not my fault. It's not this. I'm this. I'm not that. I'm strong. I am strong. It takes, it takes a season because that's how you make a show. So, um, I think it's good. I do like to see what happens in season three because it's being, it's introducing the, uh, 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 a bigger antagonist in season in season three you're like what's bigger than hordak you'll see <laughs> if you've seen it you know what i'm talking about if you haven't seen it check it out um so yeah i'm like if i if, if i can grade season two of shira right now out of 10 i'll probably give it a hard seven it's fine like the show still does it still has the elements that it's been it has and it, and, it, and it's flowing relatively well I just, I just have my thing. After a while, you get emotionally drained. After a while, I think I had to take a break because it was like, oh my god, it's like all this fighting for validation and stuff like that is starting to make me question myself. Let me go take a break and watch Power Rangers SPD or something. I just like, I need, I need something to turn off my brain. So I need to take some water there. So yeah, I just, you know, I think, I, what does it need more of? Action. Because at the end of the day, feelings aside, you're still fighting the Horde. You're still fighting Hordak, and you still need to win the fight. You need you won the battle, but there's the war that still needs to be won. So I think at the end of the day, I think there's more of that needs to happen. And I and 
And I'm okay, like, like I said, I'm okay with all the solid stuff, the substance. But give us a little more what it's about. Because go back and watch the old She-Ra. They fought most of the time. Granted, it's like in the 80s and stuff like that. And, and there was lessons to be learned in She-Ra. Don't get me wrong. There was. And like just like those old ones did. And so, the, yeah, it, their lessons are being taught. Don't get me wrong. There is, there is always going to be some level of lesson to be learned. Some morals. Uh, what's the word I'm trying to use? moral of the story kind of situation and stuff like that so no no it's still there uh i just i just want a little more shira throw down action than than i've been getting in the season two so we'll see what happens we'll see what happens in three if it gets green for three everything's been getting canceled as of lately so i don't know so we'll see what happens i feel like it's still do it's still it's still doing well uh i've heard i've heard shira be dropped on some of my, my streams I watch and YouTube videos. They're like, hey, you want to watch a good show? Watch She-Ra. And I'm like, oh, shoot. So people are liking it. So we'll see what happens with it. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. It, it is worth a watch. It is worth a watch. And and there's some pretty good lines in there and things like that. And yeah, there's if you, if you want some feelings and, and, and fighting and fighting and feelings, you, this is a show to watch. All right. All right. Let's move on to the next subject. Hello everybody, this is the House of Darkness, host of Jive Talk and Real Talk. I am talking to you today because I want to say thank you. Thank you for taking the time to come and listen to me make a bunch of noise about things that I like, and things that I, I care about. There's so many podcasts out there nowadays, especially now it's easier to do so. There's so many. There's so many options from true crime to sports to just mouth noises, things. To, I mean, any, there's, there's anything out there. If you want it, you go out there. It's on. It's out there for you to enjoy. And yet you take the time to listen to me and my expanding group of guests and co-hosts talk about all kinds of nerd. I actually, I call it, I, I call it shop, but it's really just talking about a bunch of nerdy stuff from comic books to movies to games to like things like E3 to like conventions. I'm talking about all kinds of nerdy stuff and you guys take the time to listen to me. So I want to thank you and appreciate, show you the appreciation that I have for doing something by expanding my 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 nerd discussions and more people that i want to bring in and things like that so you just look out for more stuff look out for more stuff and it's going to be happening more and more but one of the things i wanted to talk about was also is the way you can support me and so there's a there's two ways there's two major ways number one is the easiest one you can do just listen just get on there get on fm Acre fm or Google podcast, whatever platform you use and just listen, because I have sponsorship. I have ads that I have placed in my episodes that help support the work that I do. So every time you listen, every time you listen to those ads, I get monetary values sent to me for you guys showing support to what I'm doing. It supports not only anchor, but also supports me as the one who's creating these episodes. So that's your one major way. And it's your easiest way to do it. There's another way, though, if you really want to give me, you know, some support, because everything I do helps support the equipment that I have, the programs that I use to clean up my audio, and it also helps me support my family, and it's by becoming a supporter of the House of Darkner. So if you go to my my site, my page for from the House of Darkner, there are, there's a way you can contribute, and it's a monthly contribution. It starts as low as 99 cents per month to $5.99 to the highest is $9.99. That is your best way to support me. And it's a, it's a monthly way of helping me expand the work that I do, helps me take care of my family because this is something that I love to do. 
And one thing my, my friends and everybody knows about me, I'm super passionate about talking about the things that I love. And I like to continue to record these kind of episodes and be able to do so. And so by doing that, you help me. And by helping me, you help my family. By helping my family, I help you. See, we all help each other. We're all one big family hugging and talking about nerdy stuff. So, <laughs> so once again, I just want to thank you guys for those who can support me. And like I said, the best way you can do it is just by listening to my episodes. But if you can do more, I would greatly appreciate it. And get ready for more stuff because this is what I do. This is what I love and more is to come. So I'll see you in the next episode. Okay, so um, recently, in addition to Shiro season two being completed by me, I actually finished watching season two of Black Lightning. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, I want to dub these seasons a very specific name. Like season one to me was like pro black season. Not not that it's not existing in season two, but I feel like season two is to me is the, is titled. Y'all need to listen to your parents. <laughs> I swear. The entire season two, people don't listen. And, and, and when people don't... And, and then, I, I know everyone has to... There's two ways you can learn. It says, by the errors of others or by your own. By your own mistakes. And I swear, between uh, uh, Anissa and Jennifer, even a little bit of, of Jefferson, everyone learns by their... by by trial by fire only they don't learn by other people's mess you know mistakes or errors or stories or nothing experience or not i swear nobody listens and it just like <laughs> it just cracks me up uh i you know what the show's still good uh i i feel like they brought in a new character halfway through season two i felt it was not necessary unless she's coming back the, the only reason why i could see her being introduced is she's coming back maybe in like season three or something like that but, uh, I personally don't, I mean, I was like, yeah, I know it was a big deal that they, when they brought her up, that, uh, a DC character is being introduced in season two, Black Lightning. And then when she was, I was like, yeah, she's all right. She was like a episode, which could be just, it could be opening the door for her to come back later. So it's not that, uh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what is going on in my brain. That's probably like, oh, okay. But it was just like her, like episode was okay. Um, I think <laughs> Jennifer, who just is the youngest and also like we all know in the trailer the original trailer for black lightning it was revealed that his girls all had powers both of them and they are legitimately in the comic books thunder and lightning there's black lightning and then there's his two daughters thunder and lightning and so it's not a surprise when you you get to reveal it in the season you know one about jen's powers and stuff like that and so the fact that when you see her in two she's dealing with the fact that she's she is a metahuman i almost called her a mutant but in dc universe is a metahuman that she's a meta and so it, it, it is a big deal, you know, so you see her kind of going through the trials and tribulations of being a meta and how her parents are dealing with, it. especially with, you know what I hate? This is the one thing I hate. Uh, Lynn, the mom, uh, Jefferson's wife, she's already dealt with this with, with Jefferson being black lightning. And then now Anissa or Anissa, excuse me, Anissa becomes it's. Uh, thunder she's like okay now all of a sudden here comes jennifer and she it's like they oh it's like every time one of them manifests lynn goes back to square one of like not knowing how to handle it and i was like are you are you serious i was like this is so yeah about it you know what i mean it's like 
and I, and I get it with with at least with Jefferson's like, oh my god, my kids have powers, and I gotta, you know, it, it's exciting, but also you're a parent. You're like, okay, I gotta be a parent, but also you be excited, but also be a parent about it. And and only reason why it makes things worse, and, and especially in season two, because Jennifer don't dang listen. Girl, don't listen. Listen to your parents. Stop being selfish. I understand that you're 15, 16, and you're trying to be a teenager, but now you got powers. There's a level of responsibility you're supposed to have. Stop acting dumb. I just, <laughs> it's one of those, I think, what was it, Ian? Ian was like, man, I'm tired of watching season two, Black Light. So why? Because Jen don't ding listen. Well, yeah, that's, but she was like that in season one. She was, when, it was just, she was, she was, oh, she, she had a habit. She just always rebellious. She was always rebellious. I'm not saying I'm not defiant. But I swear, if it's a life or death situation, that girl never listened. That was the one thing about this character in season two that people should have known from the day one. Like, don't leave this girl by herself. Don't leave her by herself because you guarantee she's gonna she's gonna leave. She's gonna disappear. She's gonna do something. And I just like I can't believe they even is like half the time people are like, all right, you're gonna stay here, right? I'm gonna take care of this. Don't go nowhere. Next scene, she's somewhere. It's just like, it was just, and, and then she gets mad. And the best part about it is she gets mad when everybody's like in her, in her face about her, like not being responsible. And she's like, man, I feel like I'm cooped up. I'm, I'm in prison, blah, 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 blah. The Riker Island is my house. I'm like, well, you don't listen. Your butt don't listen. It just, it's like, do you, it's, uh, especially when the show is, if you guys didn't watch season one, I'm spoiling something for you. People are getting powers in season one because of this drug called green light. And so you're getting all these, you know, green, they call them green light babies. There are mutates. Mutates in Marvel Universe are people who get their powers unnaturally. Uh, Deadpool's a mutate. Spider-Man's technically is a mutate. Mutants were born with their abilities. It's, it's already in their genetic code. They were born with it. That's the difference between mutants and mutates. Uh, the green light babies are technically that way. Uh, Anissa and, and Jennifer are, they're, they're metas by birth. So their powers are already in them when they were born. So, it, you know, and, and then you have all these other ones who are mutated. Their DNA is mutated because of this drug that's out there. And so you have all these guys running around with powers and stuff like, and you end up finding all this conspiracy stuff about metas and stuff in the show, which I won't spoil. You'll find, yeah, there's all this underlying stuff. You'll find out. But that's in season one, the whole thing about green light and them getting powers and stuff. So that's not like new, new. And so, but now it's becoming like a big thing. Like in, in the DC, like CW universe, the, the way the government or, the, or at least like the local, like political scene, the police and law enforcement are dealing with it. It's kind of like how they did it in the Marvel universe. Now people are more aware about people with powers. People are afraid because there's these people running around like they're robbing people. People are dying. All these different things with people with powers. Now it's now it's becoming more and more dangerous to be a meta. You know, either you're being hunted or you know things like that. So you got this over your head, and so now you have Jen who just whose powers manifested toward the end of season one, which, like I said, it's not a spoiler. It's actually in the original trailer of Black Lightning. And actually, it's also well known if you're a DC fan that his kid, both his girls had powers. Uh, she, this is also in the same coming, like happening in the same vein of what was going on in, in the, sh- in the show. So why are you coming to going into season two acting a fool? Knowing that there's issues going on, knowing that there's dangers. And I granted at the same time, you know, uh, Jefferson and Lynn aren't handling the best. And you know, they're, they're being parents at the same, you know, 
while there's an understanding as parents, like you want to protect your children at the same time, you don't want to like put them on hard lockdown because knowing Jen, by the way, if you know your child, you know, she's going to rebel. So you might want to work with her instead of trying to, and there was, and they both have to like, the parents have to grow along with the kids have to grow to understand that there needs to be a level of trust with each other. Not only with, when it comes to uh, their abilities, but like trusting each other to do make make the right decision, and, and it's kind of like that whole process in season two, like you know, them trusting each other and make the right decision. And, and my problem with Anissa, Anissa knows better than that too. She's a grown grown person. She acted fool. But anyways, even she had to realize it got to the point in the show they all understood they got to stop being selfish because when they're selfish, they put everybody in danger. Not only themselves, but their family, A, B, C, and D. So they all kind of had to learn that they can't just go off and do their own thing. And they all had to learn that, you know, you got to keep your emotions in check. No matter how mad you are or upset and this, this and that, you got to keep it in check in order to do the handle what's more important. Because there are situations where folks are missing, things are happening, and y'all need to get... It's hard. Don't get me wrong. It's hard. But, like, especially in a show where people are being hunted and stuff like that. So I get it. But, man, I can't. <laughs> these folks don't listen nobody listens in this season everyone did whatever they wanted and it was like halfway through season two did they go like you know we need to we all need to stop we all we all need to we need we need to have a family meeting we need to sit down and and not and not and decide to, we have we have to have an understanding we're all almost getting getting killed all, every time we turn around and so we gotta we gotta we gotta knock it off we gotta we gotta can we can we have it over over some like funyuns or something and just talk about it it's one of those things that had to happen. So it was just fine. And it just, it's just so funny to me. Cause like, I'm kidding. You know, by the end of season, season two, it was like, do you finally get it? Especially Jen. Did you finally get it? Work with folks. Stop. Don't say you're going to fall. You're going to listen and then do what you want. Oh, I hate that. I mean, I'm not saying I've never done it as a teenager. I, I remember my, my teenage years. Man, was I rebellious. Man, was I defiant. I've had more sit downs with my mom. In my teenage life, because I just didn't, I, I questioned everything and I didn't want to listen. So I get it. I get it. And, and I don't even have powers, so I can only imagine. So I get it. But at the same time, when your life is in danger, you would think to be, you'd be a little smarter about it and less about my, about, oh my God, I can't go do stuff. Oh my God, I took my house. You know, my mommy and daddy don't let me do nothing. Stop. Ah, it was, it, that was annoying. That was very annoying. And the, and the fact that everybody, even down to Gamby was like, you know, you're going to stay here, right? She's all, yes, and then they leave. Guess what she do? She leaves. I don't know why people are always surprised when they can't, when they go home, she's gone. And it's just like, what did you, what did you expect? Uh, my only other thing too, so I'm going to just, I'm going to say this real quick. I feel like they have, I'm, I'm going to look him, I'm going to look up his powers real quick. They have nerfed Black Lightning a bit in this show. This is why I say this. I understand why to a certain degree because you need to you need to be able to give it to like like his girls and stuff like that. So I I understand to a certain degree why they probably nerfed him a bit, but I swear I swear they he's not as powerful as he should be. So I'm just 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 be clear. Um, I mean, granted, he, you can't. Where, where is it? Does he have it anymore? They might have changed it in Rebirth. Because in... I think in New 52, his powers... He had way more powers in New 52. 
Let me find it. So we're, we're going to go back. I think they changed it. Yeah, they did change it. So, no, no, not by much. Not by much. But yeah, there it is. So, in, in, was it in New 52, Black Lightning had superhuman strength. It didn't say how much he can lift, but he had superhuman strength. And he had a level of telekinesis, granted, through like electricity, probably like that. And he, he could, he had, you know, his healing factor is big. His electricity detection, that's the thing. So there's parts in the move in the show where his power should allow him to be able to detect certain things, and they don't. And I just feel like, and he had the ability to teleport back in the day using electricity. That was back in the day. Uh, so now in, in Rebirth, I think they took some of that away. Yeah, see, they took some of it away. So in and so we're just gonna go back. We're gonna we're gonna clarify. So back in like the nineties to about twenty eleven, his powers consisted of of electrokinesis, electroblast, force field, superhuman strength, superhuman durability, magnetic manipulation, telekinesis, electrical healing, electrical detection, elect uh, electroportation, which is teleportation using electricity. Uh, that's just powers wise. I mean, obviously he knows how to do hand in hand combat. He's an Olympic, Olympic athlete and stuff like that. So that's not, that's not a big surprise. Um, as regards to now, I mean, he still has electrokinesis. He still has the electroblast. He has his force field. He has a magnetic manipulation, but they, instead of giving him superhuman speed, they gave him super leaping. And instead of giving him durability, gave him heightened reflexes. Which, oh, to be fair, heightened reflexes makes more sense because of electricity. So he his his neurons fire faster and things like that. So that makes more sense. I just thought it was interesting, and and I feel like in the show, now they gave him they took away his detection too, which doesn't make sense. You would think he'd be able to detect electricity because he is a logical manipulating, almost call him a mutant again, meta. But the point is, is that they adjusted his powers through the years. And so I was like, wait, I thought he was stronger than that. And then I go back and read him like, oh, they took some of his powers away. No wonder he can't do that anymore. <laughs> so there was stuff like there's stuff that's happened in season two that I'm like, he shouldn't be. That shouldn't hurt him as much. They shouldn't. No, wait, that doesn't make. And then find out, oh, they took it away. Uh, Like they took away his his like his healing ability, which doesn't make sense because his electrical healing should still work regardless of the fact. I mean, he still he is a meta, so he is going to heal faster than most people. So I feel like, but it's interesting that like they in like the current iteration of Black Lightning, they took away some of his abilities that made him really really sick. You know, granted it did. I mean, I think it's part of it's because uh, Light, uh, Thunder has has uh, in the show Thunder has superhuman strength. So it, I think that's part of the reason why. So it kind of makes sense why Thunder has the superhuman strength versus him. It separates. I mean, it, it already separates them two anyways because she's more physical anyways. Uh, in in the in in the show versus like Jefferson, so I'm not that surprised. But at the same time, I'm just like I I thought it was very intriguing that his powers changed that much. Yeah, she has density control. She has invulnerability. Superstay. So they gave her the superhuman strength, and so that so that's 
that's why I'm like, okay. That's why, so I was like, all right, I'm not that upset. And then when you get when you get Jennifer involved, she, her powers change just hers are a little more like if you if you watch the original if you watch season one, you end up finding out that she's a generator while while Jefferson is a capacitor. What that means is Jefferson's ability, uh, electrical powers only work when he absorbs enough electricity. So he can run out versus Jennifer, who is literally a generator. She can create electricity. So that's why in at the end of season one, when his powers were all being funky and then he hugged her and he absorbed a lot of her power, he, his kicked back in because she generated and he absorbed it. And so that's the difference between them two. I mean, there's other things because apparently she like she she's like literally an energy being. So, which I don't know if they're gonna focus on that in the movie or excuse me in the show because she her flight's different from his. His flight's more like like Iron Man. He uses his hands versus she she just can just project energy that lets her fly. Um, I don't know if they're gonna have her turn into a complete energy being. I think they're getting to that point. The way the show's going, she might, which is gonna be really cool. Uh, one of the abilities they did give her in the show was electrical detection, like to like, like a, a genetic level, like as you can see it in your body and stuff like that, which they took away from him in the comics. So, I so it's interesting to see that they're like they're 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 making them all kind of balanced in a sense where they're gonna all gonna need each other in order to to fight crime. You know what I mean? So it's kind of cool. I was like, I was kind of mad. I was like, wait, I thought he could be he was stronger than that. Oh no, they gave that to Thunder. Wait a minute, I thought he could detect it. No, they gave that to Jen. I'm like, okay. Wait, I thought he couldn't. Oh no, they gave that. Okay. So you can see, even in the comics, you can see them kind of like, no, if, if we're going to have this family be a certain way, we need to give some of them the, some abilities, some of the others just kind of like balances out the entire Pierce family and their powers, which in all honesty, that's fine. Cause even in, even in the books with Darkner, his, his girls, all their powers are different. And so they're, they all different from each other versus like, his parents who have everything <laughs> you know so it is it is very it is very cool to see and i thought it was interesting to see that like you starting to cut you see it in, in the difference between them and the one thing i wish they would not do and i don't know if that's because if that's a real thing with lightning or excuse me not lightning thunder which i wish i i, I guess this is their own way to explain how her powers work i just hate i hate it i don't like it and i would hope eventually she would not do that anymore let me look i'm looking because if you watch her in the show and maybe it's the it's their way of of uh what's the word i want to use it's a way for them to show you when her powers kick in it could be like an audio cue, just like in um, like in any of the X Men films. Whenever they use the telepathy, they always put their hand to their head, which is not that's not they don't need to do that to use their powers. But it is a it is a visual cue to the audience that um, they're using their powers. You know, so I, I get that. I get that's part of the reason because in the show. She, uh, I'm sorry, I'm reading because one of the things they do in the show is that she has to hold her breath for her, 
for like her density control to kick in her and her invulnerability and i'm trying to read if they if they adjusted that because she is a doctor Oh, sorry. There's something she's doing. She does in a show that, like, I was like, "How does she even know?" Oh, she is. I'm like, okay. But uh, for there. So she does have to hold her breath for her density control to work and her invulnerability to work, which is very interesting. I guess it's the way to prevent her from being like completely invincible. That's like that's the balance. I call it a balance patch. That's the fighting game part of my brain kicking in. The, the, it's it's the balance to keep her in control to where she she's not completely she's not unstoppable she's part of the outsiders i didn't know that but um that's interesting so i was hoping they would maybe move past it but i guess that's part of her normal her, her normal powers is that it helps like control her density control now i would love to see them actually explore her density ability a little more and some of her invulnerability because they don't and i feel like they there's a there's more they can do with this character with her density control and so but i, I at the same time i think it's really smart that all their powers are like divvied up between them three so they they're all balanced still think it's dumb that jefferson can't detect uh electrical energy output i mean he knows when there's power obviously because you know so he can absorb it he can sense it but i'm talking about beyond that like it should be like like in the show he had he has his goggles that help him detect stuff and then it includes energy output, especially when it comes to electricity. Why does he need to have that when his powers would help him do that? But, you know, that's I think that's a way to, for them to kind of keep the character balanced. That's fine. I think it's dumb. But that's fine. And it's just, I don't know. I think it's just interesting that they did, they did that to to him. You know, especially because if, if, if Jen can detect electrical stuff, he should be able to. Now, 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 to be smart, maybe he, did, he can't detect it to her level. Because hers is way deeper than his, and they ended, you end up finding out too that her powers are way different from Jefferson. They talked about that in like the first the first season, and they kind of dig deeper into it in the second season. And uh, if you watched any of the promos, they kind of revealed that that she is like way more powerful, which is fine when you're a generator. Of course, you're gonna be. But anyways, so I just think I like the I like the series. I I have to. I'm not gonna lie. I, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot more, not I want to say a lot more racism. I feel like there's always some kind of racist remark being thrown out there. Granted, it's the, the, the setting takes place in a predominantly black community. So obviously, and they are, they are even from season one to now, they do touch on the issues that exist. So there, there are topics, but it, it's not being pushed. And I just think, I always think it's interesting. Every once in a while I'm watching, I'm like, wow, they just, they just threw that out there. I was like, okay, well, I mean, that, they're not wrong, but wow, okay. Um, Shout-outs to Tobias Whale. I think Tobias Whale is a very good villain because he's he's like their version of Kingpin. He's the Wilson Fisk of this story, and he's very, he's very, he's a mad genius in the sense where he's not like, He's a, he has a criminal mastermind. Like, if you ever go watch, if you watch season two into season three of Daredevil, you get to see the criminal mastermind of Wilson Fisk, like, evolve, especially into season three. It's so, it's amazing. That is his true power outside of, like, his, we, his, his, like, his martial arts skills and stuff like that, which they don't really show in, in season 
in either seasons of Daredevil. But the criminal mastermind that is the kingpin, you get you really get to see it in season two into three. Oh my goodness, it's crazy. But you in and especially in this season of Black Lightning, you got you get to see it more. Like in season one, you kind of get it. You see it. He's more underground. But like in season two, you get to see it a whole lot. There's so much more. He, he, the, like the people he talks to, the way I mean, he carries himself as like he's untouchable, which most criminal masterminds do. Or you know, so it's not surprising. But like it also, you get to see, you get more backstory into like why he is he's strong as he is and stuff like that. You kind of know more. Yeah, you kind of get it in the first season, but you you get more of it in this one. I do kind of like the character, and so I I like the throwdown between him and Black Lightning. I think is 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 worth it, and I like and I like it a lot. So, um, my take on this season of Black Lightning, outside of all the children not listening, even Lynn Lynn didn't listen a couple of times. Uh, I think it's a solid eight. I think it's a good season. I think it's a good season. It's still cool. Uh, I like, I like the show. I think the suit's cool. I think everything about it is still cool. I just, I just wish they, would, there's like a scene they wrote. Uh, what, what scene was it? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna reveal it. There's a scene. I was like, that's, that would not happen in real life. That would not happen. They wrote it for the show just so they can create this drama. That's the only thing. And that's the one thing I hate. So one thing I will always hate is the unnecessary drama that is created in a scenario which you, in a, in a no, I'm not saying that drama doesn't happen and I'm not saying that people don't overreact and this and this and that it's just, just sometimes you can tell it's created just so you can make another episode of this issue and you can and, and continue it on for another episode or two alright that's fine that's fine I get it I get it but you know you gotta make a show you gotta make money I get it I understand I just sometimes I wish there's a better way to do it. I just I feel like there's a better way. And and there are characters, there are people in the world who are petty like that, and there are characters that do junk like that, and there are people who do stuff like that. I just I just sometimes it's too obvious. It's the obvious way to go, and I just hate it. I wish there's a better way. Uh, so that's just my thing. And shoutouts to the really cool teleporter in this in the show. You'll see what I mean. Uh, but yeah, I can say eight out of ten. It's a solid. It's a solid season. Uh, I am very curious to see what they do with season three. Oh, shout out to Bill Duke. For those who know who don't know who Bill Duke is, he's he's been in the game for a while as an actor and stuff like that. You will know his face when you see him. Like, oh, Bill Duke. He's one of those guys where when you see him, you can't remember his name, but then when you see his name, like that's who it is. But then, when, and it's the same other way around. When you hear his name, Bill Duke, I'm like, I know that name. Then you see him, like that's who it is. But I guarantee you, in, in on one hand, you can't name. All the movies he's been in. I can't, the only movie I know he's been in for sure was X-Men United. He was in, he was in X-Men United. I mean, surprise, surprise that I know that he's in that movie. And he was in a Busta Rhymes video too. He did Dangerous. But, um, I, I literally can't remember everything else he's been in. I think he's been a cop and a couple other things I've seen him in, but I can't remember everything else. But I know him when I see him. You know what I mean? He's that kind of actor. So anyways, uh, that's my take on season two of Black Lightning. Let me know what you guys think about that. And let's carry on with uh, vegetables. Yeah, let's go. Okay, everybody, let's get into this one more again. For those who don't know, uh, either yesterday or the day before, they just released uh, the new Invader Zim movie. It's called Invader Zim. What is it called? I had the title right in my head, too. It was like Enter the... Yeah, Enter the Florpus. Invader Zim, Enter the Florpus. It is currently on the the netflix series it just came out yeah yesterday yesterday it came out 
for those who are not familiar with Invader Zim, it is an old series that came out in 2001, and it was on for like five years. I'm dead serious. The final episode was released in 2006, and it was an animated series about... <laughs> First of all, okay, I, I always laugh about Invader Zim because I have this whole story uh, about... It was on Nickelodeon, for those who, who didn't know. Invader Zim, for me, was like a huge surprise because it was a, bud, a buddy of mine, uh, Ian, matter of fact, we were in Grass Valley. We were there for uh, a wedding. And we're in the hotel. We're sitting in the hotel just chilling and turn on the TV. And I'm flipping through. And all of a sudden, we see this intro. I thought it was something else at first. I forget what I thought it was. And then when we stopped to realize, it was like, wait, what is this show? And kind of find out it was Invader Zim. We actually were like... It, it, it literally was released, I don't know if it came out the same day, but we literally watched the first official episode of Invader Zim that day. And after that, we were officially hooked. Like, my brother was hooked. Everybody I knew that were, were in this. My brother committed. He got the whole box at, like, the house that he lived in. He had the whole thing. And people were, like, were, were about Invader Zim forever. So when it was announced, I forget how long ago, that they were going to be doing a movie for Invader Zim. I, I'm sure myself and everybody who knew what Invader, anything about Invader Zim was excited about. Because it was like, we haven't, it's just kind of like off the face of the earth kind of thing. And then we never heard about Zim again. And there, we, there was always a hard following of Zim, like, fans. From liking Gurr, all the and people make references. I mean, we we talk about the episode still to this day, even when we first like stumbled upon it to this day. And so having Invader Zim come back as a film on Netflix was exciting. Um, the best part about it is it's like it. There's a lot of elements of Invader Zim that still existed in the movie that they brought back from the series. Uh, that's not even including like the references they made. So and the, and so. For those who are not familiar, like I said, for those who are not familiar about Zim in, in, in general, Invader Zim is an Urkin, which is the name of their alien, his, his alien race. And, and so Zim, in all honesty, is not that great of an invader. And so on, you know, and in their world, they all the their people were bred to invade. They're essentially like saying just not as not as powerful, but they're bred to invade planets and stuff like that. And so in, in the, like beginning, like episodes of the show, you, they reveal, it was revealed that Zim is not that great. He like, he caused more destruction than, than, than invading. And, uh, the tall ones, which are literally their version, they're aliens, but, but like, they're all like six feet tall. And then because there's two, so because they're the tallest ones that exist, they're in charge. Like all the other, like all the other Urkin are probably like the size of like, they're probably like under four feet, you know. They're like the size of a five-year-old most of the time. Maybe a little no, I'll say taller, taller than that. But he's still like they're all short. They're all short compared to the, their tall ones. That's why they call them the tall ones. And so they assign people their the various invaders to their you know the planets they're going to take over. And uh, Zim is like, like when Zim shows like hey, like, he's like oh god, they're like God is Zim. And it was like, you, you know, you don't do, you suck, man. They have to literally tell him like, and the thing about Zim that's so funny is that he doesn't get it. He's so, uh, he's so in his own mind. He's so committed. I think that what, what is it? What does it say that he's inept? Yeah. That he is hopelessly inept. Even though he, he dreams of being great, 
being the greatest invader out there. He's all about this glory and all. I mean, he's so optimistic and positive about being the greatest. He doesn't. He is. He's so unaware of how crap he is at being an invader, and it, and like everybody else knows it, but he doesn't. He doesn't seem to get. It. Even they tell him to his face. Like there's a scene they're talking about. They're like then one invasion they did. Like he ended up like destroying more of their their like army than actually invading. He's like, you make things worse. They're like, he's like, did I? He's like, he's all, no. He's like, did I make things better? He's like, no. He's like, you caused those fires. You made things worse. He's all, worse or better? They're like, no, worse. He's like, you're so bad. And so they're so determined to get rid of him because he literally is like, he would under, not undermine, but he would literally in his own ambitious goal to be the greatest and to destroy, like to destroy their adversaries. He would inadvertently jack up their plans. And so in order to prevent him from destroying their plans to rule the universe, the galaxy, they sent him to Earth, thinking, like, if we just send him to the furthest, furthest, furthest part, you know, part of the universe, we'll never have to deal with him. And so they, like, they got it in his head that he was going on a secret mission uh, to planet Earth to infiltrate and and destroy it. And so the, he's like, yeah. And so the thing about the Urkins, they also get their own robot, like the robot assistant. So they give him this busted up, like piece of, you know, they, they're like, you know, how do I get my, where's my robot? And like, all right. And they like pull out this trash and he pulled a robot, this broken robot out of the trash. He like put it together. It's brains made out of like lint and like paper clips and stuff like that. And that's where we get Gurr, uh, which is his robot assistant. And like they send him to earth and to literally just to get rid of him. They're like, you know, and they expect him to, like, die on Earth. Like, dead serious. They expect him not even to live. And so when Zim gets there, he infiltrates, like, the school. He, uh, he puts on a, he put, literally puts on a wig and, like, contact lenses. And he just looks like an alien with contact lenses and, and, and a wig on. Dead serious. But everybody around him is unaware. They're like, they're like, oh, he's just a regular kid. Like, he has, like, robot parents that are, like, glitchy and, like, spark and stuff like that. And so it's the only person who's aware that he's an alien is this kid named Dib. Who is a hardcore like X Files conspiracy kid, and so when when he's been waiting for aliens to get on the planet, so when and Zim finally showed up, he was like, "Oh my God, that's an alien," and nobody else around him even believes him, even though there's like like there's a the whole there's a whole scene like they, like he when Zim first shows up to school, of Dib just literally staring at Zim, and and he's like, "Do you guys not see?" This guy is an alien. Look at his skin. His skin's green. I mean, everything about it. They're like, well, he is kind of weird. He is kind of green. Yeah, whatever. They blow it off. Like, Dib, you're dumb. You know, but it is coming from Dib. Blah, blah, blah. And so, so you have this whole show where Dib is literally trying to, it's literally preventing Zim from taking over the planet. And it's, it's, it's a very good show. It's, it's very good. Like, there, the, the craziness, the gross, because there's, there's some gross episodes. The episode when, Oh my, okay, so there's an episode of Invader Zim where they, at the, at the school, they had to get a physical. And Dib said, hey man, now you're really going to get exposed for the alien that you are. He said, what are you talking about? He's like, you don't have the organs that we have. So when they go to give you a physical, they're going to notice that you're different. So guess what? You're going to get exposed. So the whole episode, Zim is like stealing people's organs so he would not, you know, so he doesn't get, but it's like a, it turns into like a horror, like horror film, and this is when the, the school, because the school gets locked down, it's like power goes out, and like Zim is stealing people's like intestines. It's so, it's so funny and gross all at the same. It's so bad. It's this episode, oh, that episode was so bad. Oh, it was so bad. But it's like those, this, 
Zim was one of those shows where if your parents walked in the room and you're watching it, and I'm and at this point, I'm like in my 20s at this point when Zim first comes out. 2001, I was barely, I was barely 21. And even my mom walked in like, what are you watching? It's Invader Zim. My brother, my sister, we all loved Invader Zim. And so the fact that all three of us had, like looked at that showed you how good this show was. Granted, so we all liked it for different reasons. Like my sister liked the gross, the gross always like she thought it was great. I just like the, the characters were pretty cool. The shock factor was up there. I mean, there's just some crazy episodes of Invader Zim. We're talking about five years worth of episodes of Invader Zim. And so the fact that, like I said, this movie's it, when the movie came, so that you know when you hear about this movie coming out in. And then it's the same people. They got the, pretty much the same actors. It has the same feel. You're excited, you know. So when here comes Enter the Florpus, and I, how do I how do I put it? I like the movie. I like the movie, but the, the my only problem with Enter the Florpus, and the movie's not that long. It's like an hour. It's a little over an hour. It's an hour and ten minutes or something like that. I mean, it's an animated film, and so. And it's Invader Zim. There's only so much of of their shenanigans you can do for so long, because uh, it is is a lot of shenanigans. Like Gur has his own shenanigans. There's Zim his. There's Dib. His there's Dib's sister Gas. Because Gas. There's a Professor Membrane, which is Dib's father. He's like the smartest scientist in the entire world. Like he's he's created world peace and stuff like that. And like he's known for like protecting the planet. But like he's completely oblivious to the fact that Zim's an alien because he doesn't have any scientific fact. And that's and he's always blown off all of Dib's like like conspiracies and stuff like that because he, he, there's no facts behind it, no evidence. Even though there's some that he like visibly shows. And uh, so it's just like there's a lot of this there's a lot of that in the in the movie you know some of it there's some gross um, along with some like weird and confusing and then just a lot of funny and there's like and the invaders has a lot of like action in it too don't get me wrong there's like there's stuff like they're they're doing there's like action and like there's gunfights and, and like dog fights in space and stuff like that so it, there's always it, there's always something in there happening the only thing about the show about the movie that i just kind of like it made me kind of like like it less i won't say like it less it just it didn't it didn't blow me away because it just felt like i was watching invader zim it felt me like it felt like i was watching a two-parter episode of invader zim like just fresh off the you know from the series like if you guys don't understand like invader zim like if you watch the movies like man they did some larger than life stuff in this in this movie zim was always doing larger than life stuff in in the show like there's an episode where <laughs> they literally we're using plan. He was going to use planets to destroy. I think I forget who he's, either he's going to destroy the Earth or something. And they literally had a dogfight with pl- with literally planets in space, and they're smashing against each other. And then it got to the point like he went to hit to hit the Earth with this planet, and only thing that prevented was his soda can on this you know picnic bench, and his kids holding it the entire time. The kids screaming at this planet sitting on his soda can. First of all, that's just a weird scene. But, like, the, the point is, I'm like, in the, the, the episode where Zim makes a giant water balloon, it, you guys have to understand, there's been plenty of larger-than-life stuff that happens in Invader Zim. And in, in almost every episode, like, there's larger-than-life stuff happening. I mean, when, when, I mean, when Gerb became the house, I mean, there's so many things that happen in the show that I feel like the movie should have done something. I mean, to be fair, how do you go bigger than a lot of the stuff that happens on the show? Uh, they tried to, but I feel like this is just 
the like this antic that Zim did in this movie was felt like the same typical stuff he would do would do on the show. He didn't do anything super big, you know what I mean? And that's I think that's what my issue was. It wasn't anything out of his normal, and so I just I, that's, that's just how I feel about the the movie. I'm not gonna say the movie's bad. I I think I enjoyed it. I like there's been times uh, you can hear me. You know how much I enjoy it because I mean sometimes I won't laugh out loud, but I'll do this. I'll be like. I just I just clap because that's clapping is usually my confirmation of something that they did that I thought was funny, or that I was like oh wow they did that uh, you know I'm like oh and I and I'm like and I just like oh they did that that's me so if you're not in the room and you hear me clapping this probably means I'm do- they're doing something that I think is funny or I enjoy and so the movie did that there's plenty of stuff that I was like oh they did not just do that oh uh, and they did a lo- they made a lot of references to old stuff ah, a lot they did they made some references to old stuff from the series. But I just, like I said, I just felt like, and and there, the feel, it still felt like Invader Zim. Like, they didn't try to reinvent the wheel. That, I, I think, okay, that, I think that's, that's the one thing I'll give her credit for. They didn't try to reinvent the wheel. They knew what worked for Invader Zim, what made it a, such a, a wonderful show for all of us alike. We, we knew why we liked that, that show. And so when they made the movie, they kept all the elements of why we liked the show in there. And like, there's, 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 it's, it's, it, it is classic Invader Zim stuff in this movie, so there's a lot of there's a lot of positive about it. I just feel like the 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 scheme that Zim had it could have been bigger, or or there should have been something more at stake. You know, I mean, I mean, way way more. I don't know. There's just something. It's it was missing something to the element of for the show to kind of push Zim a certain way, and it just didn't exist. Uh, and I just, and I, and that's the one thing I feel like that hurts the movie. That's the only, and if that, and to be fair, if that's my only negative, that should say a lot. If that's my only negative. Just, just to be clear. So that just tells you right now how I feel about Invader Zim. Invader Zim, like I said, is a fantastic, like, show. It's a fantastic show. And the movie's really good. I just, I just, I need it more. I need it more. Maybe it wasn't long enough. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it is. It wasn't long enough. Cause it literally just felt like I was watching an episode of Zim. So maybe that what that's what it was. It just wasn't long enough. Maybe that's maybe that's just because I was being selfish. Maybe that's just being selfish. I don't know. But I feel like I hope if this this is one thing I do hope. If I hope that Invader Zim because there are probably plenty of people who've never seen Invader Zim. They'd be like who, and they watch the show. And I, you know what? And I and now I'm starting to think about it more. I'm I'm thinking about it right now. I feel like the the movie. In all honesty, is an introduction to everybody else about Zim, because it shows you the kind of shenanigans that Zim's up to, and then kind of like his relationship with with Dib, and the Dib's relationship with his dad, with, Dr., with Professor Membrane, and then his relationship with Gaz. What's the whole deal with Gurr? And then then Zim's relationship with the tall ones, because in the series he's always calling to update, and they're like, oh my god, and like. They're, they're doing their own thing. And I was going to get a phone call. Oh, we got a call from Zim. Oh my God. He's alive still. And so they, they watch the, they, they get the, like his, his like update report. And it was like, he's in it. They're looking like, oh, we don't care. But in Zim's head, he's doing everything right. And don't get me wrong. Like if you watch the series and you, like Zim does succeed, but he gets in his own way sometimes. Or there's some kind of shenanigans that prevents him from a hundred percent succeeding, whether it's Dib. Uh, whether it's his sister Gaz, sometimes it's Gurr, and it is sometimes himself. So there are things that happen and that like prevent him from succeeding a hundred percent. 
And in, and in some of the episodes of Invader Zim, sometimes they had nothing to do with Zim. Sometimes they had to do with Dib and his conspiracies. So you got you got a bit of that. So I feel like the movie is a hard introduction for a lot of people who don't know who Invader Zim is, and it's a nice reminder for us who are fans that he still exists and that the stuff that they that worked back in two thousand and one still works in twenty nineteen. So the more I'm starting to think about it, like I had a I don't I won't say I had a low score for it. Uh, it was, it was, it was, it was above average. It was decent, but not the more I talk about it with you guys, the more I'm starting to realize, you know what? And maybe it probably was a good thing. It was done the way it was because you can't, you don't want to overdo it, but at the same time, you want to give enough to where people understand what you're dealing with. And these guys, they gave us what, you know, they gave us everything we were supposed to have for this show or for this movie. So with, with that in mind, I want to, I want to give my, my honest, like, um, rating for this. Originally, I'm not going to lie, originally, I was going to go, I was going to give it to, I was going to give it about a seven, seven and a half, 7.5. Uh, but the more I realized, and 7.5 is still really good. But the more I think about what, what they were doing with, with the show, or excuse me, with the movie, and the fact that it, you know, this is opening a door to introducing the character to a lot of people who maybe who don't know it, and this could give them a chance to get a, you know, uh, bring back this character maybe to, to like a, a Netflix series again. Because I would love to get a new updated Netflix series. I mean, because this literally, if you watch the movie, the movie establishes once again the relationship between Zim and Dib. It reestablishes it, and so. Yeah, I was, you know what? Yeah, I'll, 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 like I said, originally I was going to give it a 7 to 7, 7.5, but I'm going to give it a solid now, uh, out of 10, a solid 8 out of 10. Not only because, not only because it, it gave us everything that is typical of the Invader Zim, like, universe, but the, the fact that this movie is not only, is not just for us fans, but it's also establishing, uh, uh, a base. For I mean, either future films on Netflix or a future series for Netflix, especially reintroducing it to newer fans. And so, yeah, I'm gonna give this a solid eight. I'm gonna give it a solid eight. So you guys check it out. It is Invader Zim: Enter the Florpus. Um, yeah, give a look. Like I said, for those who don't know Invader Zim, this is gonna be on. This will be a crash course introduction to the characters. Like the main main characters, because there's all different kind of characters that existed in the show, but the main characters that exist in, in like the if you want to if we want to talk about the lore of Invader Zim, these are the ones. These are the ones that matter the most, and then and then we'll go from there. And, and so I'm hoping that maybe the success of it on, on Netflix will give us a new series. I would love to see a new updated series with with, all, with more crazy antics and shenanigans. I'm sure they have ideas even now to this day. The fact that they were able to write this movie. You know, after so many years, it's literally been, like I said, the last episode show was on, was 2006. So you're looking at over 10 years before they had anything, before anything we got back, anything new. So I, I will, I would hope that this will give everybody a chance to enjoy Invader Zim and all his, his glory and weirdness and everything. And one thing I always liked about Zim is Zim was never down for long. If whenever Zim failed, in his head, it was literally just a, a speed bump. It was it was a, it was a small thing, and he always found a way to to find the positive in the failure. 
and he always kept going. He still was always still determined to be great, to follow through on his greatness and on his dreams. And I think this is one of the best things about Zim. He's very positive, even though he's very unaware. He's very oblivious to how bad he is at being an invader. And it's so funny. But it's the greatest, it's one of the greatest qualities about this, about his character. And that man is dramatic as mess. He's always, he sings his, he sings praise really hard. I mean, everything about him is always like up to a level that like nobody else can do other than Zim. And I, that's one of the things I love about, about his character so much. So check it out, guys. Watch, you know, Invader Zim and the Florpus. Like I said, it's on Netflix right now. Um, I think you guys will have a good time with it. Like I said, if you don't know who it is, you're going to find it real quick. I don't know if you can even watch the show anymore. I don't know if it's on like Hulu and stuff. I'm hoping that maybe this will get the show like on Hulu or Netflix or something so everyone can watch it and then push the door open for a new series. That'd be great. I would so, I'd be so happy if we got a new Invaders in like series going on. It'd be so awesome. Uh, but check it out guys. So let me know what you guys think about season two of She-Ra. Let me know what you think about season two of Black Lightning. And, and like I said, get on Netflix, watch Invader Zim and the Florpus. Let me know what you guys think about that. And do, if you guys do want a new series, what do you, you know, let me know what stuff would you want the new series to have when it comes to Invader Zim? What stuff do, do you miss? What is your favorite episode in Invader Zim? What, what are those things? Let me know what you guys think. Let me know how y'all feel. Uh, let me know what y'all are looking at right now. And, uh, give me ideas about what I, like, I, I finished, like I said, I finished a couple of series. I still need to finish a couple of animes I haven't finished in forever. But there's like a new one that came out. I forget what it's called. Cannon Buster or something like that. I don't know if I want to watch that just yet. I'm also looking to it right now. Um, if it's any good, say something to me. If not, like, what show, or, and that's a good question to have. What show, that happened during the Nickelodeon like life, like we're talking about in our life, not not the not the current stuff. We're talking about like early two thousands, um, yeah, early two thousands, maybe mid to late nineties uh, into like early to mid two thousands that were on Nickelodeon that you you consider like a pastime that you would love to see come back maybe in a film or in a new series, updated series, you, you know, to explain. You know, because, like, in this movie, this explains their hiatus. There's a hiatus, because there was, and it explains what was happening between that hiatus. And so, I will, what show would you love to see come back kind of like that? Like, oh, it's just been quiet, and then now, but it's been years later, and guess what happened? This is what happened, and it's the characters, and that it can proceed from that point on. So, let me know what you guys think about that, and, and give me an idea of a show, and, and maybe we'll talk about it. It'd be a good idea. Um, I still think I need to get 8-Bit Perry on here and talk about, speaking of, like, old cartoon series, we were supposed to do an episode about that. I still want to get him on here to talk about that, because Zim, I'm sure, is up there on a list of, like, early, you know, early 2000s, like, mid-90s, early 2000s shows that everybody was about. I know it was for me, so I know it was for a lot of other people. So let me know what you guys think. Let me know how you guys feel. Once again, I appreciate you guys listening to my podcast, um... If you want to support me, the best way you can do is just listen to my episodes. They're sponsored. They're going to have your, you know. I, you know what? I have a thing. I have a little thing you can listen to about that. We'll just leave it out there. But, you know, like I said, thank you for your support. Uh, like I said, check out these shows. If you like the show, tell me what you think about them, what you like about them, what you don't like about them. And so we can continue to have this kind of conversation. Like I said, we're in a relationship. So let's keep on talking to each other. All right? Once again, this is the House of Darkness. Welcome to the newest episode of Jive Talk, and I'll talk to you soon.